Welcome sentient beings from all known universes and beyond. It's time to activate your cranial downlinks and prepare to receive a raft of discussion on a cosmic ocean of science fiction and fantasy topics, interviews with local area genre devotees, and insightful prognostication by our soothsayers of science fiction, our forecasters of fantasy, and any other beings that happen to get caught in our gravity well. This is the Galactic Driftwood Podcast. Hey, and welcome to another episode of the Galactic Driftwood Podcast. Uh, this week, uh, if you're watching on video, you can see we're short a couple of the founding members. Uh, they are off at TeslaCon this weekend and can't be bothered to stop their fun and frivolity to come and record an episode for you. But in the meantime, I am your host, uh, Seth. And I'm Charles. I'm Jenna. And I'm Chris. And uh, this week, we are going to be talking about uh, the metaverse, the concept, the, the new Facebook company, what the hell that might mean or entail. Meta all the things. <laughs> should, we, should we start with what a definition of meta is, or is it just too well, loose and too many urban? Is it too meta to talk about what meta is? Yeah, is it too meta? Yeah, well, I guess it's it's uh, uh, technically we it's not meta. Meta is just kind of a hip short name, but it's metaverse. Um, it's kind of the the next generation of the internet, if you will. It's intended to be um, well. The intention is that it would be uh, decentralized, meaning there's no one single group of ownership in that respect. Well, uh, I mean, but a large part of it's 3D and virtual environments. So the, the internet's already pretty decentralized, though. The internet is. However, when you take into uh, the concept of somebody like Facebook building out a metaverse, that's very much centralized in terms oh, of the yes. controls that they have in that type of environment. So that's why I say the intent of a metaverse is that it would be decentralized. So, uh, you know, <laughs> Facebook changing their name and, and kind of bullying their way into, and we'll use the word bullying again here soon. Uh, bullying their way into kind of owning that metaverse name is a pretty arrogant and it's kind of uh, um, it's funny hypocritical it is very funny hypocritical in terms <laughs> of what metaverses are supposed to be um, no any one entity should really be taking ownership of that um, so yeah in a nutshell you know your metaverse is a decentralized virtual type of uh, world basically that that runs on top of the internet yeah, I mean, it, it, the, there's the old saying where he who has the gold makes the rules, and that's the golden rule. Uh, yeah. Are you quoting the, Aladdin, sir? <laughs> that Aladdin? Yeah, it was in Aladdin. Yeah. So far when he was dressed as the old man, he's uh, like, you're oh, the golden rule. Well, I don't know if that would originate with Aladdin. but It didn't. I just uh, wanted but i was going to say in terms of the internet it's he who has the information makes the rules yes and god there's a there's a kitten fight going on in the background and it's very distracting (laughs) (laughs) focus anyway (laughs) facebook 
And really any of the large internet companies, they want to have all the information and mm. all the logins, all, and they want to make the rules. Correct. Kind of classic internet capitalism kind either way he who has all of the shiny shiny rings gets to command the massive advertising money and yeah are we gonna let facebook yeah. into our brains yeah i don't i don't know about that we're already part, part of the way there you know facebook bought oculus and and we're already hooking our lives up into into that from a 3d headset kind of thing but yeah he who controls the data controls the metaverse almost, you know, to steal from Dune a little bit. And uh, it's, uh, it'll be interesting. I, I'm not looking forward to it. Um, it. It pisses me off a little bit in their arrogance and naming the whole company that. Um, and it doesn't really, you know, calling it meta really is a departure from everything that, that Facebook's historically been. And it means nothing at the same time. When, when you talk to people and you say meta, there's a large population of people that are like, I have no idea what that's supposed to mean. Well, yeah. I think that might be because like meta, the metadata is kind of the background data, the connection data uh, between things. So there, I think the name change to meta is actually a bit more honest. I mean, it doesn't, because uh, they're not really about their business the where they make their money isn't from or from users who use facebook it's about the data they collect yeah. from the, the users on facebook right so mm -hmm. naming the company meta is just basically advertising to the people who actually pay for their services well, yeah but that's it, an entirely different so so the metaverse and metadata are two different in my mind There's they are and that's, and that's the but, rub so yeah, there's... because it's a it's a flag to the people who are giving them the money. This is what we're really about. But they're going out at face value saying, hey, this is about the metaverse and virtual reality. And this is how we're going to pull all these people in here. Uh, but really, it's about the data. So and then there's this whole other level because there's there's non tech people who are deep into literature. And they're, they're having college flashbacks to discussion of like metafiction and things like that, construction that you, of, of a form of narrative in which you realize you are reading fiction. So it's just, it is really confusing. And well, not only that, it's, it's scary if Facebook is on the metadata, if Facebook's tying your address and your name to your data which is what metadata would be, that kind of thing. <laughs> that's scary. Well, that's scarier than the uh, than the government grouping mass amounts of data together. It, it's uh, the metadata is what people have been scared about the whole time. Well, that's the abuse. Yeah, it's, so here's it, a question from like an outsider looking in who's not as familiar with the tech. How is what makes fit is is what Facebook doing so much more alarming because we have profiles now attached to our data that makes it much more public what we're into versus Google who's just collecting everything that we look at like because in a way there's this whole other set of information that Google Amazon all of them are collecting 
and constantly feeding advertisements to you through. So, so it's kind of both of the things, in my opinion. So the metadata is, or metadata is a lot more than just connecting your uh, profile to your name and your address. It's mm. how long an ad is on your screen before you click on it. Which ones do you scroll by the fastest? And through just like collecting all of that, all of that, all of that data, you can all start building profiles on people on, hey, what what uh, makes people stop and click? What makes people stop and read? Yep. How do we factor that into advertisements? How do we use that to keep it's people online longer? And we yeah, saw yeah, the ultimate clickbait building machine. Yeah, the shortest attention span. Well, we Which saw the some of the dilemma, uh, did a really, I think, I think you all have seen the social dilemma, the documentary, right? No. I would highly recommend it. They do a really good job breaking that down. Exactly what you just said. Um, how they continue to refine the data, click your amount of time to the microsecond of scrolling, all of that stuff um, to build these profiles of you to try and continue to gear the advertisements, the content, the data to constantly keep oh. you engaged. And, and historically, here's my issue with it when it comes to, to Facebook. And, and they've, they've publicly said that they're making efforts to improve this, but that's about the best they can do. I mean, you had the whole uh, Cambridge Analytica uh, issue slash scandal where, um, you know, a developer had access to all this information for individuals on Facebook. And that was used to uh, shift uh, in other countries and partly in the U.S., uh, sentiment during election periods yeah. uh and, and not to get too too political into things but that is what that data can be used for to to your point uh seth on 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 it it builds a narrative and a profile and and here's why people do what they do and when you put something in front of them <laughs> i see it when you put something <laughs> in front of them uh uh, it causes, uh, you know, a certain mind change and mentality of thought process. And if you can shove that out to a population of people, uh, you can say, here's the percentage of people that will react in this way. Here's the percentage of people that react in this way. We want to get this type of reaction. And so we're going to flood the ads with this type of information and manipulate people in that manner uh, based off information that they've unfortunately voluntarily given up. Uh, by being a part of Facebook or any other social network for that matter, Instagram, any of the other partners that they have as well. So um, I, I have concerns over that when we look at uh, Facebook meta from a data perspective and also a, uh, a virtual world, a metaverse uh, perspective, because um, where that, again, to my point, where it's supposed to be decentralized, uh, kind of out there like the internet um it's going to be centralized to an extent where you know i don't want to uh, think uh what is it a uh, ready player one right yes. mm. uh, if you've seen the movie read the books you know uh there's a telling uh piece in there where you know the guy's trying to increase revenue to the maximum amount for people logging into the game and they're like hey guys up to the point of uh inducing seizures we can cover like over 90 percent of the screen with ads you know and 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 that's ultimately their their goal here. And so I would hate to go into a metaverse world where you know it's bad enough I could scroll through a Facebook feed, which is my choice. I could always leave Facebook, right? Um, but uh, I, I'd hate to log into a virtual reality where you know I go in, I put on my 
we'll call it an Oculus headset for now. Who knows what the company will be in the future? I log in and and uh, I'm in this virtual world, and it it happens to be owned by Meta, formerly Facebook. And uh, you know, I'm walking down the road, and I look to my right, and there's an ad for something that I was just talking to my wife about. You know, the other day, right there, you know, I'm looking at a building with a scrolling ad of something I was talking about that I never gave to Facebook. But you know, they're not listening on our devices or anything like that. <laughs> Yeah. So and, I, and I'd I hate think, to see that carry on, but that's what we're going to see. And yeah. that's the argument that some people make that we need to go back to an internet that there are no algorithms. You find what you find based off of your own chance. Because <laughs> there was a time well, on the internet that you had that well, versus we, everything being fed to you that continues to isolate you in an echo chamber. The problem yeah. that I just, just for personal like entertainment or news and whatnot there is a problem that you can you can pretend to leave leave the facebook uh, news cycle where they've targeted you you know for certain kinds of ads but the 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 big news people are looking at facebook to figure out what the popular stories are mm-hmm. <laughs> you're not you're yeah. not you're not escaping yeah. yeah, what's trending on Facebook is what's it's trending in the news. That's what's going right. to happen. So, or Twitter or whatever <laughs> other platform. Yep. So there's definitely people who are watching those trends on Facebook and Twitter and seeing what are the top five. Okay, those are going to be our top five stories because that's what people are clicking on. Right. Um, on the algorithm part, mm-hmm. I, I agree and disagree that, you know, the algorithms right now in in some spaces are doing more harm than good but that's also because of who has custody of the algorithms and how they're being used the algorithms uh i think are a good way to ensure you don't have a people problem in in how information is put out there and you let a system kind of decide based off of whatever the algorithm says however these algorithms are being tweaked um, to an extent where it, it is becoming a people problem. The algorithm's built, uh, or is forced rather, to come up with a certain set of results that, that, that you want to see, not what the algorithm's spitting out, because that's what the algorithm is spitting out. And um, Go ahead. Well, I think we actually did learn about how Facebook uses that with the whistle, whistleblower that came yes. out, I want to say, two weeks ago at the time of this recording, yeah. maybe three, uh, where she revealed that uh, the content that you are served on Facebook is designed specifically to one, uh, in, in as many cases as they can, encourage that negative uh, mm-hmm. interaction, those anger clicks, the those angry comments. So they try and serve that up to you because that's what keeps you on Facebook longer. Right. And, and I have no doubt that the original algorithm likely did not do that at all and and that's where you know i I think algorithms can provide safeguards in certain platforms when it comes to looking at data um and how they get served but because in this this comes down to the difference between as i mentioned something that's decentralized versus centralized and when it's centralized and that entity has control over that algorithm it's whatever they say it, it is it's whatever they want it to do as opposed to uh, more of an open source community driven algorithm uh, that everyone can see for that matter um, and see exactly what's going on. And you don't have that today. Yeah, and I think two specific problems that Facebook has uh, 
with that enables this algorithm is they don't just have a uh, a timeline that's based on an actual timeline showing you right. the mm-hmm. showing you the result or posts based on when they were made it's they've hard locked you 90 percent of the time into the top posts things filled with the things that they think and that you will be uh, most interested in and that lets those of you that were on facebook from the early early days would know that it was not like that previously Ah, it used to be true timeline basic top down in the order that things were posted it facebook and I provide this feedback all the time. So if you've ever, if you've ever been through and you get like a feedback thing from Facebook, I always post in there, not ever really having expectations that someone's actually reading it, but you never know that Facebook needs to get back to their roots. It, what, what Facebook had started out as in a, in a way of getting this digital address book, if you will, to keep uh, in touch with their friends and family, yada, 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 you know, all the mushy stuff, all the all the good times, all the bad times or whatever. And, and it was all very chron- chronology. Uh, Chronological. Wow. Thank you. Words are hard. Uh, Words are hard. <laughs> it was all in that in that order and it all made sense and nobody had issues with it. And then over time, as Facebook grew and, and became ad driven and, and money driven, as all businesses are, let's make no mistake, uh, it became about how to change that information that was presented to you uh, for their gain, not yours. Um, and, and that's the disappointing thing about it. Now, I am pro Facebook from a technology perspective. So um, it's why I'm still on the platform. While I have my disappointments about it, no. I, I've consistently said Facebook from a technology perspective is, uh, I can't believe this word's coming out of my mouth, is one of the greatest companies in the world because of what they can do with the money that they have. Um, which is unfortunate because what they're overshadowed with are people's lives that uh, tend to sometimes get broken uh, through what can happen on these social media platforms. But I look at Facebook from a technology-driven perspective, uh, much like I would your Teslas out there. Um, I look at Facebook from that aspect. So I'm, I'm, I'm pro-Facebook and what they could probably build from a metaverse perspective. I just don't think I'm going to like um maybe ultimately why they're doing it and um, what they're getting out of it from a benefit perspective. Well, 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 well I'm going to say they've already driven. I mean, I have a Facebook account, of course, but um, you go back seven years ish and I would jump on Facebook in the evening to read an article or something. Just because, because at one point you got some pretty good random articles. Mm-hmm. And I'd say five, six years ago, um, it started being, you could tell their articles, their articles were meant to piss you off or, or they were repeating something that you had clicked on before, probably because it pissed you off. It created an echo chamber. <laughs> well, yeah. Okay. And, and the is, I, I got to the point, I can't look at Facebook before going to bed. So I don't use that anymore. I'm going to go back to magazine, you know, because I, I, it was not a relaxing activity anymore. It was something that kept me awake if I looked at it. Yeah. Last okay, and so, so you'll see my, my posts have dropped off too, because I'm just, I don't, I don't want to be a part of that, that echo. <laughs> yeah, I don't, no, Jenna? I'm not participating. I think, but Charles is bringing up a good point. The, the negative articles, Facebook is not writing the articles. Right. And I say that, that I think journalism has been collaborative 
in this point because oh, yeah. they have chosen to make their articles more clickbaity. You look at the mm-hmm. articles, mm-hmm. you look at uh, the topics that they are choosing. So there, I think it's going to take a lot more investigation and nuance to realize, okay, the algorithm probably started feed this person what they're most interested in. A lot of people tend to look and click on things that create conflict. And then you have mm-hmm. journalism now that's creating articles, creating things that encourage that conflict because it gets the most clicks and they're starving and people don't buy newspapers anymore. I think it's, it's, the, it's a lot of feeding back and forth. And if you continue to develop that algorithm for yourself, because that's all that you look at, is that completely <laughs> Facebook? Facebook can probably put in more electronic measures uh, against that, but that... I've had, well, I've, there's a couple of publications. See, I've, I've been watching this quote. There's a couple of publications that I'm interested in. And what, what will happen is over a period of a couple of months, those uh, publications will disappear. They won't come across my feed anymore. And I have to go directly to them, click on them a few times, and they'll come back. <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if there's something else I'm doing, but I again, I've I've almost I've nearly stopped as recently, even trying to get uh, anything uh, other than other than a couple of publications. I like I like what they do on Facebook. Um, oh. but they're not they're not political, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, uh, we're. Since we're a science fiction podcast, we should probably stop beating up on Facebook just for a little while. (laughs) Uh, And uh, so kind of a metaverse type thing. The actual metaverse is not a word they invented or Facebook invented. Correct. It's been around in popular fiction for quite a while. Uh, The first thing I think of when I hear metaverse is the metaverse from... Uh, Neil Stevenson's Snow Crash, which is, and hmm? no, go on. Explain the book for Uh, people who haven't read that. So it's a well, it's a dystopia kind of book, but uh, it's all it's about uh, the main character whose name is Hero Protagonist. It's a very satirical book, and I like I like it a lot. But uh, he's a, the deliverator, a uh, pizza delivery specialist who is also a uh, the world's greatest swordsman and the last of the free hackers. And it is a kind of ridiculous. Uh, uh, romp through re- real world conspiracies, getting mixed up in the book's uh, metaverse narrative or the book's uh, virtual reality world where uh, things of consequence happen both on and offline. And it's uh, kind of a near, near future uh, science fiction uh, that deals with. What happens when uh, the metaverse is eventually used by some uh, by some hostile actor to enact a takeover of some kind? And in this case, it's using a 
a religion that is able to act as kind of a mental virus mm. that makes a that is a meme that spreads itself. So, so go ahead. Um, go ahead. If you had a question related to the book, go ahead. No, I was going to say. So it's something that. How? When was it written? Approximately, you think, or when did you read it? Oh man, I read it over 20 years. I've read it several times, but I think the first time was over 20 years ago. And looks like 1992. Yeah. Holy smokes. Yeah, that's pretty early. So Probably it's kind of creepy, right? Metaverse. Like yeah. these things that, you know, <laughs> know that science fiction tends to predict and the creators and the innovators tend to work towards, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And Neil, um, yeah, the author Neil Stevenson is kind of a will often do things along boom. the same lines as Michael Crichton would have done, where he kind of takes a technology and extrapolates it into what it could be used for in the near future. Oh no, it's creepy. I just I don't know if this is a quote, but it's somebody describing it is looking at the code. We'll do to the hacker what receiving it will do to the computer. Is that from uh, is that from Snow Crash? Yeah, that's at least that's uh, I don't know if it's a quote from Snow Crash or if it's a quote from someone talking about it. About it, it's on the Snow Crash page, but uh, Mm -hmm. uh, nonetheless, uh, a a creepy. <laughs> yeah, and that's probably that's probably referencing the uh, the the meme religion virus that it, the book is kind of built around. For uh, for me, when I think back on on metaverse, I view it as more of your your virtual type reality type things. Uh, another another uh, alter ego you can play in a game or whatever. But I, I think of things like second life which came out in like the early 2000s which was Mm -hmm. you know play you know play real life but in a in a digital world kind of thing um i think of things like second life and um probably a couple of uh i just blinked on the name but a couple of older keanu reeves movies uh where he jumps into things like that i think jenna you mentioned one earlier the matrix Uh, yeah the matrix yes thank you i don't know why i blinked on that uh which uh uh, finally, we're getting uh, another Matrix movie, so looking forward to that. But uh, uh, yeah, I think of things like that, where you have this whole entire metaverse that's built in, and, and it could be down to the realism like that. You know, you're actually just hooked up to some device uh, that, that's feeding you and keeping your body alive, but mentally you're injected into this virtual world. Um, now, to be clear, I'm not a fan of that, and I don't think that's where we're going. I, I think there's a lot of people, uh, I won't say a lot, I think there are people out there predicting that that's where we'll go, um, but I would say I doubt that, if only because um, what the world has gone through over the past couple of years has proven that we need that personal touch, that we need that interaction, and people are vying for that, so I don't see this being something that replaces going shopping, that replaces going out to hang out with friends or anything like that. I think maybe in a day where you get snowed in here in the Midwest or whatever, and it's dangerous to kind of get out, we'll hook up into the metaverse and, and hang out at a virtual bar or something like that. Mm-hmm. I think that's more likely to happen than 
So I, I am a little less optimistic than you though, Chris. I think if you can afford the technology, if you're at a level that you can afford the technology and you're not happy with your life and it's easy to escape into some other world where you could have the things that you don't have because we already see this uh, with video games or substance abuse. I mean, if people can escape, find a way to escape, they will. And I think for those who have the means to get the technology, if they can just jump away and not have to face whatever they're not happy with in this world, I think there's going to be a higher percentage of the population who will just go for it. Uh, There will be until they find a way to monetize it. So, um, and and when I say that, I mean, um, uh, not to get, well, it'll be on topic, but one of the things that's going to play a big part in these universes (laughs) is NFTs, digital assets. Yeah. Um, and, and it's going to be, whereas historically, a lot of those things were free. You, you'd play to earn them or you do something to get rewarded stuff, um, to, to have things that you don't have in the real world. I think we're going to see maybe some of those quote unquote assets get tied up behind a paywall where you're going to need to your point, whether you have the money to jump into this world or not, you're going to need even more money to have those nice things in those metaverses. Yeah. There's going to be two kinds of homelessness now, right? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> well, that's we talk about those in or as those are talked about in several di- in Snow Crash that's mentioned in Ready Player One it's mentioned where yep. when you first start your uh whatever the metaverse or the online thing is there is called yeah, whenever I, you start your account in there yeah you get a basic avatar mm-hmm. and. A lot of people can't afford a fancy custom avatar or have the knowledge of how to make one. So right. they end up stuck with these basic stock avatars and they are shamed for looking like a poor person. <laughs> and uh, the same thing, though, is going on on Second Life already because uh, they've got a huge marketplace with assets and stuff that uh, people design and then they sell for yep. real money. And that'll probably be what, Chris, you were talking about, NFTs. I'm the only one who can wear this specific uh, cat-girl outfit. Yep. And, and, and make, no, make no mistake, if, if, if you're trying to grasp what an NFT is, just think it's a digital asset. It's a digital thing. It's music, it's art, it's clothing for your avatar in the metaverse specifically. It's you know anything that's pretty much unique in in and of itself um uh in a metaverse that you uh, have a record of owning if right? you have a record yeah. of owning it that which can't is be replicated is that correct in. it can't yeah be it's not something that can be permission. replicated you can have multiples of something but it's not something that can be replicated and through a blockchain method or whatever you have like a proof of ownership of of having that it's yours it's unique um so we, we won't jump too far into that, but make no mistake, that's happening. You have, yeah. um, you know, companies like like Nike getting into it. All these big brand names are working on building out um, these digital assets, these NFTs, and these will become available in things like uh, Metaverse or a Meta, Facebook's Metaverse. Um, so, and there's other games out there that uh, gaming is going to be a big one. Uh, uh, where you're going to see a lot of this. And I think you're going to see gaming bleed into this metaverse where um, a lot like uh, 
uh, like Ready Player One, where you have these games within a virtual world uh, that you play and you win things or you can buy things or whatever. So uh, I'm not a fan of it. I, I can see people getting uh, uh, poor in the real world, dumping their money into a, a, a metaverse. But I think maybe perhaps that could still work out if they find a way to bridge the gap between digital currency and and physical currency, which is kind of a battle that we do have going on today. Well, so. I mean, there, with any new thing, there's going to be the be people who make it and people who don't. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it, getting back to an earlier point, is going to depend on who owns the who owns all the infrastructure mm-hmm. of the metaverse. That decentralization part. Uh, so. Let's, but and not just gaming though. Uh, in Snow Crash and in Ready Player One, uh, businesses have uh, businesses just like have chunks of whatever metaverse exists, and that is their new like corporate headquarters or corporate facing area. There's workers who log into the metaverse in the morning and they go to work at, at the company's virtual location. Mm-hmm. there's you've got a virtual literal storefront so when you need to buy an iphone you log into the metaverse you go to apple world and uh you go to a virtual a virtual storefront that is everything apple could possibly program in from physics to uh, mind-numbing displays where you're met by people who are at work as virtual G ge- or genius bar people. Yep. And they so, show you the products <laughs> just like they'd show you in a store. Yep. And that's, that's one of the big key things they want to do uh, for any watchers that are familiar with the logos behind me. Uh, we'll actually know that's Decentraland mana. And that's exactly what they do. They basically do uh, digital um, land, digital real estate. Um, it's something actually I've been looking at for a few months. Uh, so funny to your point, Seth, I'm shopping digital real estate. I've been shopping it for a couple of months looking for things to buy because that's going to be probably one of the next big things. Where? As, like, as where what is it supposed to be for? It's on a blockchain. It's on the internet. It's, it's, it's out there, but people are buying it and people have places that they know are going to eventually put up for digital footprints. And, and this is where I say that, you know, Facebook isn't, the first they're not they're definitely early to this metaverse thing but it's been around for a while um decentraland mana this particular protocol has been around for for well over a year doing (laughs) digital land and so as you get people to build it up the reality is you're going to have retail stores buying up the space putting it out there for people that are running around in the metaverse that want to go shopping or build land or have a digital place to meet uh and it's it's nuts it's crazy um, but it's there and that's the reality. And I think Facebook doubling down and changing their name to meta proves that, you know, that's where they think this, this, this is going. I kind of think that they're like, so this is changing the subject a little bit to another of the, so Facebook think, making Before this- you change, let me, let me, this is just something I foresee just cause mm-hmm. I remember 20, uh, 20 something, about 20 years ago, I had a, I was making copies I had a manager say, um, walking by going, how much he loves the sound of the copy machine because it sounds like people are busy. <laughs> it, which struck me as funny, but now now I'm foreseeing uh, uh, my avatar, 
my work avatar uh, making sure he does the the copy machine near the lunch hour in, in the virtual uh, <laughs> office place. Oh, that was it. <laughs> well, what I was going to say is I think Facebook oh, is moving a little bit soon because they don't really have any metaverse thing that they can market to someone right now. They just have a this is what we're going to what's what's the fastest way to get there you buy yourself into it i bet you they buy one of the major metaverse companies that aren't well talked about today see and that it brings me to my next bit is there is something that is kind of headed in a metaverse direction already and has grown that way in leaps and bounds over the last couple years and that is fortnite yep fortnite's another big one and if um, if I had to pick a leader of someone who's going to come out on top just based on their current on their current uh, standing and what they've been doing, I'm looking at Fortnite to somehow expand what they have because mm-hmm. they're already using it as a social hub for uh, people to come online, talk, hang out. Uh, yep. They're doing virtual concerts there that are everything that w- that's been thought up in literature and fiction beforehand. Like they're moving that way. They just kind of right now lack the hardware and the probably some of the software to just make that more. But they've got the audience like Sure, Facebook's a social platform right now, but mm-hmm. they don't have a virtual space that people are used to like logging in and hanging out. They go there to argue with their uncle about <laughs> politics. Right. I uh another world that kind of um just just came to me as you mentioned that Seth is a recent movie that came out with uh, Ryan Reynolds Free Guy. Oh yeah. It's another type That's of true. uh virtual metaverse if you will where people have these completely different lives and and appearances in in a world where they can collect money and and all this stuff and spend it in own places and and all that kind of stuff so um, has anyone seen free guy i have yeah it's good it's really good it's It's, it's fun it's a fun it's a fun movie yep i mean it's it's not it's not gonna bring i i don't think it's gonna bring home any you know awards or anything like that there was nothing really um to, to learn from the movie or, or grow personally out of it you know it's not one of those it's just kind of a funny uh virtual world type movie where you know an npc well i, I won't i won't give any spoilers but uh you know an npc becomes a, becomes a little bit self-aware uh and starts changing how some things in the game work which was pretty hilarious so i loved it though it was good but it's another example of this this metaverse where people in the real world are going into a digital world and and they they touch on that a little bit in the movie I think as a historian like personally I look at this not only a historian but an ethnic historian and uh, or I should say it was in a previous life the thing that always drives caution in me is like the distraction that these like I I'm told I love technology I love gaming I love the thought of having a 3d world and when I think of myself when I'm 
maybe too old to travel or it's, you know, I don't have the finances I could put on this thing and see museums from across the world or hike a landscape in another world, like that type of access to wonders that you could not afford otherwise. I think, oh, that's great. Or to learn, it's great. Mm -hmm. But then what I get concerned about is the distraction from things that are still happening in the real world that need attention, need to be looked at, but they're too hard. You know, they're too hard to address like climate change or um, social injustice or war in other parts of the world where, you know, uh, you know, human rights are being violated. You know, as a first world person, you have the privilege to just escape into this thing because it's way more comfortable than to help be a part of the human community. Like that's that's where my mind goes and where you can see that drive. We've already we've already acknowledged there's a huge there's a there's a growing drive between those who have wealth and those who don't. And if you don't have wealth, um, but you're not in the middle of something that is actively hurting you, like a war zone or starvation, or your your city is going underwater because of climate change, then you're maybe you have just enough money to escape in this world and feel better and not have to think about all the bad things. Like that's going to be a really interesting complex that's created and maybe even a new form of addiction going forward. Well, they have already yet, like Facebook or any of these, none of them um, are giving you a positive person score. <laughs> right. You know so what I mean? Let's not go the China route in that, please. <laughs> <laughs> that China route is going to do that. Oh, I guess China does that though. Yeah, they, they do. Yep. Well, yeah. you volunteer in the, in the States. You, you voluntarily sign your rights away here, right? Don't need to inject you with a microchip to track you. You're carrying a bigger version of it. Yeah, your phone. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're already doing that. You're already like participating <laughs> in that. Right. Right. So mm-hmm. it's, I don't know. I think that's where we still have to step back and say, oh, that'll not, instead of saying, oh, that will never happen. I think, I hope they keep having those conversations early because you see a lot of tech people who look on the dark science fiction. They're like, but we won't let it we won't let skynet launch we we won't um you know yeah every year i get a news piece article and it freaks me out i'm like it's happening yeah yeah Yeah. like so it's like no one intends like i think very few tech geniuses intend to become the the father or mother of evil overlords that that are some alternative tech but it's just got the thing where you instead of that whole malcolm uh, Ian Malcolm quote from Dress Park, you're so busy trying to see what you could do, you didn't stop to think if you should. Yeah. Yeah. Someone who decides to plug all the all of the metadata from Facebook and the virtual world that Facebook makes into an AI to teach it about humanity. And it just blows up humanity because it's like wasn't there a similar uh type of theme or event that happened in the uh one of the avengers movies Uh, well that yeah that's uh, well that was ultron deciding to uh well there were there was ultron but then there was also the whole thing where uh hydra was going to take over all of the warships and target a bunch of people oh right uh, uh as well based off the information they had Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Yeah, the Winter Soldier. They one. had yeah. these uh, these three huge helicarriers that had basically <laughs> had an AI routine that scanned every person and figured out who would be the 
who would lead resistance, who would fall or who would fall yeah. in line. And that, that was all based off of data that was out there and, and they gave it to well, there's some There's and, some things you just know because go, going back a little farther, like from war games, everybody's going to choose global thermonuclear war before <laughs> they choose tic-tac-toe. <laughs> <laughs> that's right well the graphics oh my god better. love that movie. <laughs> or um, even uh the fifth element lilu when she had access to the computer yes, and she was trying to catch one. herself up and she got to the topic of war and she was like i don't think this is worth saving anymore <laughs> well and th- well there was also uh i think microsoft made a made a ai chat bot or something that and they had decided, to shut down yes. yeah they plugged it into twitter it to train it and yes. it turned it into a racist pretty much immediately yep and i think it goes to show that uh we have uh there is a problem in in, in person in person to person interactions for the most part it Recently, this is starting to deteriorate a little bit. We have a certain level of respect in knowing what's publicly acceptable and, and what's not. And, and granted, that started to deteriorate in, in recent years, uh, for obvious reasons here in the States anyways. Um, in a digital world, in, in a meta world, um, a lot of times there are no social bounds. There are no laws or anything like that. And what you can end up with is a very um broken virtual reality where racism can thrive and all these other things can thrive and i mean to your point seth we we threw an ai out there microsoft threw an ai out there to see what would come back and it was ugly the reality is in in a digital footprint we don't care you know being keyboard warriors uh, there's a large population of people that will say what they truly mean and and uh it's disgusting we're it, the reality is there's still a lot of, of hate out there. There's still a lot of racism out there, uh, bigotry. Um, you know, the, the LGBT community struggles a lot with this too. And, and it's not talked about enough for, for them in general. So when I look at that, those are the things that, that I have concerns about um, that, you know, we're going to take this off of the streets and put it into a digital world where I can just treat people like garbage because that's who I am. And there's going to be no repercussion about it because it's just a metaverse. Who cares what my tune said to it's this It's not person? real. Yeah. So the person real. I'm hurting or lashing out at is not real. Right. It's yep. dehumanizing. Well, and also there's uh, the greater internet fuckwad theory or John <laughs> Gabriel's internet, greater internet fuckwad theory that states normal person plus anonymity plus audience equals total fuck, fuckwad. Yes. And I, on I that note, maybe uh, don't try and be a fuckwad. <laughs> be <in> the <laughs> well, there could we... be a biologic. I went to uh, a, a spiel by a linguist a few years back, and it, it was a small thing to him that he pointed out, but to me it was a, a made, To me, it was just uh, wow. Which was um, if you take somebody and you put them in an area with a different accent, it only takes them like a couple of weeks. They'll start picking up that accent, but they will not pick up an accent from watching TV. Hmm. Oh crap. Yeah. And if you think about it, you'll, you'll know that's true too. Cause yeah. you're just, cause I've experienced it. I've, I've gone through some watching a bunch of English shows. I did not, I was never inclined to, uh, Talk like I was from England, right? Pick up the Queen's English. 
No, no, it never happened. But give me, give me a, a week in North Carolina, and I'm I'm talking like I'm from North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And um, so there, 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 there's some very odd bio. I, that's got to be a biology thing, like or or something. The way the brain works, <laughs> and you're even farther removed on the computer for some functions, and it might be. That you just like some people just can't be moral and on the internet. I mean, I don't know, or or, or whatever that is. Yeah, there there uh, is no greater hive of scum and villainy than YouTube comments, except for 4chan. Because I think that's the new form of throwing rocks at glass. Yeah, it's not. It you it doesn't seem like it hurts anything, but you're breaking it, so it's fun. Yeah, you're, you can't re- uh, the te- the text post of someone on the screen doesn't register as a full human being to you. Yeah. So, uh, telling them to go and kill themselves is just like you were telling that to a uh, uh, something in a video game where you weren't playing with real people, but well, you, it's still abstracting it out. So if you're on voice chat somehow you can still scream these obscenities because they don't know who you are and there's no way you'll ever get in trouble for it i think it's like uh, you know with all of these advances we just as i said before i think we just need to continue and step back and still have the conversations like the deep conversations around these without fear without judgment but like hey what where could this go? And instead of assuming it's not going to go the worst possible way, well, no one predicted that chat rooms and YouTube comments would go the route that they would or Twitter or tweets. Uh, so maybe we need to take that psychology in more and maybe, you know, the sociologists, <laughs> instead of being less important, they need to be stepping up more and having these types of important conversations in the public. We, met, we need the public intellectual, not some, just some influencer, but I, I think the return of the public intellectual, someone who's in academia, but also not afraid to step forward and have these public conversations or, and debates. Or, or a keyboard that shocks you whenever you say anything jackass. <laughs> Ooh, I like that. judges. I Let's like go with Charles' solution. Mouse. Let's do I, Charles', I like Charles no, solution. No, as, as sarcastic and as dry humor as you are, what if that AI reads you what you're saying is something mean? Well, then I accept the shock if it's worth it. <laughs> I, I, to your point, it might be. To, to, to your point there, Jenna, I also think that we're too afraid to, to have these conversations even in uh, as soon as like sixth or seventh grade and in schools. Um, I think it not needs a to be sooner of, than that. It, it, and it may be. I, I don't know that the, and I hate to say this like appropriate age, but the reality is as young as. As soon as you have kids that are getting online and having these types of conversations, they're thrown out there in the wild most of the time without any kind of parental supervision to kind of deal with a wide range of age groups that that are beyond where, uh, you know, maybe they're intellectually capable of, of dealing with. And we don't have those conversations. We're not bringing them up on how to deal with um, social anxiety in, in, a, in a digital world, whether that's Facebook or, or Twitter or... Um, uh, in the future, a metaverse, a virtual reality where they go on to uh, Roblox or some other companies, Second Life or um, 
the one you mentioned, Fortnite, Seth, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they're, they're dealing with, you know, you have a 13, 12 year old, maybe, maybe even a 10 year old these days. I don't know. Uh, but logging into this platform uh, and uh, basically dealing with someone who's 50, that's completely off his rocker, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, or his or her rocker for that matter. But uh, yeah, it's, it's crazy, I think. And, and going back to Facebook meta uh, those are, that's just something that bothers me a lot. Yeah. Well, Do you have anything positive to leave our audience with or something to read? Well, obviously, yeah, so I'm excited. I mean, we've been talking, we yeah, we've been talking about the bad stuff and how it could go wrong. But I mean, just look at uh, the internet and how social media has evolved. And there's been plenty of good stuff that's come about it too. Right. Uh, formerly, uh, uh, communities have formed around uh, people who like haven't been able to have communities, and sometimes that's bad when it's communities of Nazis who <laughs> need people to tell them that they're not, you know, awful Nazis. Stay positive. But, <laughs> but uh, I mean, kids who like are—it's uh, a lot easier for kids who are uh, have a different sexual or a different sexuality or fall on the spectrum to find communities of other people who can tell them and help them when they maybe live in a small town and there's not a lot of anyone who they can talk to who isn't their pastor or something like that uh like you we've got uh for as many bad things there are good things uh political campaigns uh to help uh people in countries where uh where they have a more repressive government. Mm-hmm. Like and, we've seen and, a lot of stuff uh, that's yep. driving us forward. Uh, so I th- like that. There will be the good with the bad. Right. And I'd encourage uh, everyone out there that that's watching this, as you come across those communities, share them, talk about yeah. them, especially if it helped you directly in some way, deal with an issue or try to get an understanding of something there's so much out there uh, in the digital world, and, and Facebook is in part to thank for this for growing uh, the the social network uh, of of communities. Uh, and for the most part, I would lean towards the better. We've acknowledged a lot of the bad things that are going on because I think those things are are worth a topic of discussion uh, to make sure we understand the pitfalls. But there's so many good things out there. Um, like I said, I'm still a Facebook user. I, I look at it in terms of how much further are they going to push our technology uh, for being able to connect with people uh, and now in a, in a very virtual type way in the future, I think is, is awesome. Um, but, uh, you know, Facebook has helped me keep in touch with people that I've long since not seen in person that grew up in, and moved away. And I can easily connect with them and keep up with their lives on, on Facebook. And so that's the big it's... positive for me in that respect. Usually, usually, yeah. <laughs> there are some people. I was like, yeah, block, gone. There's, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It also lets uh, people from your hi- old high school reconnect with you when you're like, mm, I left. I left that town for a reason, and you were it one said, of them. No, there, stay there's positive. some stay, stay positive. positive, Charles. Stay. What's your message? There's, there's some nice psychology <laughs> aspects to going. Okay, that's why I stopped talking to you. Yes. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, you go, okay, I, yeah. No matter what, 
it's <laughs> uh, it's affected me through uh, like social media has exposed me to people I never would have met before and whose yes. positions and backgrounds and histories I never would have considered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, true. that doesn't that has just made me a better person by reading about other people's experiences and learning from them and opening my own mind to pat myself thoroughly on the back (laughs) (laughs) because I'm such a good person now. Well, I think that's, and that's what all this comes down to is ultimately as the individual user, yeah, you can't change maybe what Facebook is doing other than, but what you output, what your output is, if we all like tried to gear towards, all right, do I really need to say this right now or should give this person a bit of a doubt? I mean, I mean, there's just a thing, a lot of ways where we as individuals have more power than we realize to, instead of saying that shitty thing or that, you know, backhanded compliment or, or getting in an argument, maybe we just try and give a little understanding and, and, and positivity. Or at least save it. Save it. People that we love to follow, whether it's Facebook or Twitter or whatever, because they make us feel good, not because (laughs) they make us feel bad. All right. Well, I think we're just or coming up on our time. time. Yeah, (laughs) a little bit over time. We're not supposed to be doing hour-long episodes anymore, but here we are. Uh, We don't have Linda to keep us in line, so. I guess uh, we want to start uh, finishing out uh, finishing out with a question for everyone, and uh, the question today is: What digital world would you banish your worst enemy to? <laughs> oh man! Trap them in forever. I don't. Charles doesn't yep. have the kind of cold heart that would let him banish anyone to a hell. No. You know, earlier, earlier, uh, Seth, uh, before we started the show, we were talking about this briefly, and I said I would I would banish my enemies to probably uh, Facebook's, uh, excuse me, Meta's uh, virtual reality. But I take that back. Uh, I would banish them to the alternate reality where the bad guy wins and ready player one and gets what oh. he wants for putting up all those ads on the screen ah, you stole it from to. me uh... <laughs> you stole it from me <laughs> jenna any ideas i mean it doesn't exist yet but i would have to say it would have to be some unfortunate world in which you're stuck in an angel fire website that uh, is no longer updated and covered in like 75% of flashing advertisements, Ooh, pretty similar. Yes. And uh, the none of the closed bo- uh, buttons work for the boxes. So an eternity, uh, an eternity of epilepsy. <laughs> Savage. See, I've got, I, I've got a problem. Okay. And that is, I've, I've, I haven't really played it, but I've looked over the shoulder of the kids playing roadblocks and some of these. As far as I could tell, they're, um, they start out, they're working in order to get something like a car or a neat outfit or something. And then they're trying to figure out how to cheat in order to get it. And then they'll, they'll come when they talk to me. And I'm like, well, what, what the hell difference is this in real life except a little bit worse 
<laughs> so I don't know. I mean, I don't, it seems to me like people seem to be very willing to, uh, and kids especially right now, mm-hmm. uh, put themselves into the world that I would consider hellish. Oh, uh, you're not wrong. And maybe it's <laughs> not the Angel Fire website, uh, the original Rainbow Road and Mario Kart. I'd banish someone to that. Oh. oh. So mine is going to be, I'm just going to go with Second Life, one of the furry servers. <laughs> Unless my worst enemy is a furry, in which case I'll find a different life or a different Second Life server. Maybe the, maybe the all Christian server where <laughs> I'll tailor their experience on Second Life. <laughs> on that note. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this has been Galactic Driftwood. Remember, if you like what you heard, to give us a like or leave us a comment on your uh, your podcasting uh, solution of choice. Uh, we're on YouTube, so give us a like and a follow there if you like watching us. Uh, and uh, also check out uh, our brother and sister shows on the synergy nation network uh synnation.net uh in the meantime everyone be nice to each other online come on don't be a dick <laughs> as, as our technical overlords continue to tighten their controls it's fine <laughs> everything is fine <laughs> everything will be fine if you're just a little bit nicer to someone online <laughs> except for your uncle you, you know that guy's a dick. <laughs> Not my uncles, right. though, who might be listening to this. Never mind. You can just <laughs> cut that portion out, Seth. Oh, I can. All right. Bye. 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 <laughs> Peace. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Galactic Driftwood Podcast. For more information and past episodes, please visit our website at galacticdriftwood.space or subscribe to us on YouTube. And now, please deactivate your cranial downlinks, collect your towels, and be sure to watch your step as you exit our gravity well. <laughs>